Welcome to the Whole Being series. Join me, your host, Warren Williams. I would like to thank you for being here and being present. Welcome to my portal, where we dive deep into everything from gut health to spirituality to functional movement and childhood trauma. Nothing is left off the table. Join me as I interview guests that include my students, my peers, and some of the great thought leaders in the world. No muzzles, nothing watered down, just authentic expression with no censoring. Hi guys, welcome once again to the Whole Being Series. My guest today is Elaine Smith, DJ, DJ Elaine, as she's known to many, many, many people. So I kind of wanted to get Elaine on. We haven't spoken much in years, but we've always stayed in touch, you know, from time to time. But um, Elaine reached out a couple of weeks ago and it was a good opportunity for us to kind of connect and just to get her on my podcast. We've been friends for how long do you reckon? It's got to be over 10 years now. Definitely over 10 years. I just don't know how far back. Cause... I don't know how far back. It's just it's like meeting you on the Jeff Schumann show, wasn't it? BBC. Right, with... was it then? Yeah, it was since then. You used to do a regular spot there, and so did I. I used yeah. to come in papers, used to come in and talk about health. Yeah. And, you know, all my life I felt like I'm fat and frumpy and what have you and needed a personal trainer, and then we linked up since then, and... Um, Hopefully, I've been. I think I've been a good student, <laughs> <laughs> and so I wasn't completely consistent in doing the exercise because you know I don't like exercise very much. Mm. But you teaching in terms of food and the seventy percent, you know, good food and the thirty percent treats mm. just stays with me, and mm. I seem to. You know, and listening to my body after eating something, those teachings, those points mm. in help from you mm. have um, carried me through. And obviously you come in on my show and doing interviews and stuff like that, like the alkaline diet yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and all of that has never left me. So, yeah, yeah. yeah salute yeah. to you. And I always <laughs> name you as my personal trainer anyway. So yeah, as far yeah. as concerned, you're always there. <laughs> yeah so I suppose you're talking about the kind of um and just as it's turned 11 11 I always got to signify that um but yeah I suppose you're talking about the base foundational principles certain things that are always in place that have kind of kept you rooted to specific fundamentals of health definitely 100 percent, and I still have my ball as well oh cool cool that hasn't deflated yet <laughs> yeah it has actually I've got to go and get it pumped up that was another thing I thought let me give you a call as well to find <laughs> pump that up because my kids have been using it and I've been threatening to get back into the whole core strengthening mm. of the body because I do mm. know what to do. Yeah. Um, I've moved again and I've got a spot just for that. So I'm ready to embark mm. on, you know, mm. the lane. Yeah. So, yeah, so going back to what we were saying about the first time we kind of met. So in terms of time scale, like we said, it's been more than 10 years, but so why was that fitness? I was quite fitness last. Um I was there, what, 90, I think I was in 99 or something like that, till yeah. about <clears throat> 2004. So it must have been when we were still, when I was still at Fitness Last. So Definitely. about 2004, so that means I've known but, you for more than 15. Oh, wow, right. Because yeah. that's where I started taking the classes. Right. 
last, yeah, in Brixton. Yeah, so I left it at 2004. So that's more than that. It's like 18 years. It's got to be like close to 18 years. Yeah, so not 10, definitely a lot more. Cool. All right, so obviously me and Elena just chatting, but, you know, I want to get into these questions. And so as always, your listeners will know who you are. Some of my listeners won't. So let's go into your background and discuss why people know you as DJ Elaine. So let's talk about that first, like how you got into music, what what kind of drove you into music and how long, not necessarily how long, but you know, how you got into music, what kind of drove you into it and where you got the name DJ Elaine and stuff like that. Right, okay. So um, I got, I've always been into music because of my mother. Right. And so we're talking about being at her age where she could still, you know, dragged me around Brixton Market um, and so we're talking about like what five years old mm. and what she used to do is when she finished her shopping she used to save some money so that she could buy two or three seven inches and so she used to leave us outside the record shop that was in the centre of uh, Brixton Arcade and then she'd come back out with the seven inches and um Getting home, depending on how she felt, she would throw a random party, like call her friends up. And so there'd be always parties in the house, cooking food and all of that. So I guess it's been in my blood. And obviously I would play the blue spot gram as well. And and she says that I was a, I've always been a bit of a bass head because if you know the structure of a blue spot gram, it's got the cabinet where you, where the, um, the record player is and on the other side it's got like I don't know, a type of drinks cabinet and what I used to do is I used to put the records on but I used to put my head where the um the record player was because I wanted more bass it just sounded so I don't know how I'm not deaf so she always used to have problems with me and that and get your head out of there you're gonna go deaf and all that kind of thing but I say all of that to say how much mm. I was interested and enjoyed the different things I could hear in a musical piece and I discovered that I could hear more bass from in there and the highs and the the mids and the low tones um moving on from there when I got into my early 20s I used to frequent this club called Maze, which was above Ronnie Scott's in the West End. And I would go there every Thursday to listen to Trevor Shakes play uh, with a group of my friends. And we got to know the owner of um, Maze. And um, what he did was to rope us into washing all his glasses at mm. the end of the night because he didn't have a dishwasher. <laughs> So this was after all the revelers had gone and it was just me and my friends left. Now, I've always been into looking after my nails and this, that and the other. And I didn't wash up at home. You know, I had a dishwasher, so didn't want to submerge my hands in water for so many glasses as well. So naughty of me, I said, well, do you know what? I'm going to play the music and entertain people while they do this, help clear up the club. So I'd go back and I'd switch it back on the set and get the microphone on, play the tunes and mess about on the mic and all of that. And my boyfriend at the time said, you know what, Elaine, you are really good at this. So we then went to Keith, who um, was the owner of the club, and said, you know, give us a Wednesday night. So he did. And uh, we probably spent about six weeks promoting it. And on the night, it was completely 
packed solid. And I teamed up with a guy called Robert. So the, the format was he played soul music and I played reggae. And within that reggae selection, I had my mother's seven inches as well, which consists of Studio One, Treasure Isle. And then I went out and spent my gas money of £47 and topped it up with new reggae. Anyway, uh, Robert went on first and everybody was bubbling and that. And I've got to tell you that when it was my time to do it, I was shaking so hard. I was mm. literally, I had to use one hand to steady the other to put the wow. knee record and in the end I didn't cue it upright at the beginning I just dropped it anywhere it landed <laughs> but the revelers didn't notice mm. didn't care and they were like oh! you know mm. what I mean and I looked at it and I was like oh my god I made them do that and mm. then from that my nerves settled and then I was able to just play as I felt and oh, as, as I felt and um during that night the owner of the Levian Rose in Earl's Court came up to me and asked if we, myself and Robert, would play at his club on a Saturday night. Mm. Now, to get a Saturday night at any club, it's like, you know, it's almost like, you know, well, you are, you're the business because a Saturday night is very important to a club. Yeah. So he books us for the Saturday night and the first night was just, again, packed because those revelers followed us down to the Saturday night. Packed, 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 packed. And um, just to rewind a little bit, when I had decided that this is what I wanted to do, I went to Richard Sounds and bought a, a record player for 1999 because I didn't have much money. And that record player was belt driven. And what that means is, is that it's got to play a plate where you put the record on but when you lift the plate up um the mechanism to make the turntable turn was belt driven right and that sometimes used to slip off especially because it was so cheap anyway when we got to the levian rose mm. and it was my time to play this record player wouldn't turn mm -hmm. and i was like you know and no one could help me not even the people wow. in the club so even though their record player was more expensive than mine, that happened for the first time. So mm. when I took the slip mat off and then looked, I saw the two little openings. So I took the thingy off, the plate off, and saw that it was belt driven, slipped it back on, put it all back, and then we had music. And oh. I think I just went up in the estimation mm. of, you know, because, I mean, imagine that. If I didn't have a belt driven, I would have never known that. So that mm. bit of experience helps me on that night. Mm. Anyway, from that night, we then got another promoter. And from everywhere we played, we got a promoter asking us to play at their party, their wedding, their bar mitzvah, their clubs or what mm. have you. And we was getting so, much, so many bookings that Robert, it wasn't really his desire to do this. And he had another job where if mm. I didn't have a job so I could invest my time in it. And he decided that he didn't want to do it. Mm. And I was like, but I still want to do this. Mm. And people are expecting soul as well as reggae. So I asked to borrow his records, but not to play out, but just to kind of make a note of what they are and go out and purchase them. So he gave me two crates, like, you know, the milk crates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of records. So you imagine how many records there were. And I sat down. 
and I listened to every single album, but 12 inch, everything he gave me and made a list of what I liked. Mm. And I went off to the shop and I purchased them. So then I now had a full set reggae and soul and I could just command the, the, the evening myself. And then shortly after that, I was, um, I mean, it was literally a hop, skip and a jump for me mm. um, in terms of reaching to the top. Mm. And I was playing at the, um, it was either the uppercut, I say the uppercut, Duddy Ernie um, says the Hammersmith Palais. Mm. We argue about it still today. Mm. And I had done a set and the whole place, you know, did what I do. And he was stood at the wings. And when I came off, he said to me, wow, you trying to take my job because now I'm using the microphone and I'm selecting the music and I'm playing the tunes as well, which usually with sound systems, they'd have a selector, they'd have a mics man and they'd have someone who put the record on. So that that's at least three people. And I was doing that mm. on my own. So he then said, um, have I thought about doing radio? Well, I had done a little bit of radio before Ian Irving had got me a slot on um, an in-house radio station at the YMCA in Tottenham Court Road. So I was doing Saturday mornings there. So I had a little bit of an ex experience for radio. And I said, well, um, yeah, I've done a little bit, but what you got? So then he said, get me a demo tape and bring it up to the record shop, which was Hawkeye Records in mm. Harlesden. Mm. Oh. So um, I think he was part owner. Mm. So say that was the Friday night. I'd got home after that gig, done my demo tape, got it to him on the Saturday. By the Saturday evening, Zach on LWR was recalling me for to meet me on the Sunday at, um, God, I keep forgetting what the name of that, Bentley's in, in the East End. So went up to Bentley's the Sunday night and he was like, you know, really impressed with this tape. And he said, would I like to do the breakfast show on LWR? It's been vacant there for ages, mm. but he finds somebody that he'd like to do the breakfast show. And he thought, uh, my tape, sounded like something that he would like to have for breakfast mm. so I was like yeah and then he was like can you start tomorrow tomorrow and I was like okay it'd be rude to say no so off mm. I went and again the most nerve-wracking thing mm. I think I've ever done in my life and um but anyway um I just took to it because I because within the um, demo tape that I made for him, I literally gave him a format mm. of how my show would sound. Yeah. So, you know, that consisted of like um, a version excursion, three from one. So where you've got one artist and you play three of their tunes, oh, okay. new school, and I read a couple of fake letters, you know, fan mail type thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and yeah. so that was the format of the show. Mm -hmm. So that was something that you would want to hear at breakfast. So I already had my format. So mm -hmm. I just got home the Sunday night and quickly got my music together. Mm -hmm. It was a three hour show. And I got in there and I just did it. Mm -hmm. And I did it um, five days a week, Monday through wow. to 
going seven till ten mm. and it was pirate secret location mm. and then before i knew it i was getting bags of emails um not emails sorry because it wasn't emails back then it was like fan mail mm. i used to get um postal orders from guys to tell me to buy myself chocolates and flowers mm. Mm. i've still got load a bag full of fan mail in my attic somewhere which i will mm. get out as memorabilia mm. yeah 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 and the rest is history. And, and and one of the things that always I always marvel at is the fact that I used to do the breakfast show seven till ten every morning, and I used to get uh, because it's a popular show. I used to get lots of requests to um, play at clubs mm. during the week. So mm. I was thinking to myself, how on earth did I get up in the morning to get to to do the show, then go and do you know, a full night at a club mm. to get up in the morning. Yeah, but yeah. I suppose I was younger and the adrenaline of it mm. and I oh, don't, well. the passion. Mm. And I suppose a lot of your listeners would identify that when you're doing something that you love, mm. there is no pain. There's yeah, no yeah, pain. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I was paid for it. So yeah, yeah. wasn't quite radio but I was being paid for the event really good money sometimes it would be like three gigs a night mm. and an hour at a time so I'd do one hour mm. here mm. the height of their night and then another hour there and another hour there it, it mm. was just like wow literally it was the life of a pop star mm. you mm. know and then being a woman a black woman and you know and and actually that made me the first woman, period, to do a, a radio show in prime time right across the board here in the UK. I didn't. I don't know whether they were doing it in the US, mm. but if you remember back in the day, you would have Chris Tarrant. Yeah, yeah. Likes mm. of, and they'd have women, but they were their sidekicks. Right. They were their... You know, they were their sidekicks. Do you know what I mean? Their assistant. Mm. There was never a woman that held down that post, period. Right. So... What year, what area I, was this? Was this in the 90s? Yes, the 90s, early 90s. Right. And um, soon after that, we got Janice Long, who was doing a, a show, Flo, she flew solo on air, but that was lunchtime, I think around about lunchtime. I can't remember mm. if it was big one of them and she brought me into the studio for an interview mm. and while she was there um she didn't have Dexter in front of her there was like a window and she had a producer so whenever she wanted a music to be played she would indicate to the producer and they would put the record on and mm. I found that fascinating so mm. I said to her oh somebody puts the record on for you and she went don't don't they for you I don't know and so when I told her that I selected produced and did everything myself mm. she was just like no way she said mm. she wouldn't know where to start mm. so um I guess I say all of that to say then that um if I attribute anything to my success it was the natural ability mm. Mm. you know and that natural ability came from the vision so um you know having my own vision played a major part in my success um because 
I knew how I wanted my show to sound. Mm -hmm. And then the next step would be, how do I get it to sound that way? Um, and being a listener of radio myself, um, you know, I used to listen to um, BBC programmes like Tony Williams and the likes of, and, and um, God, what was the, the guy on Radio Luxembourg? Um, God, I can't remember what his name was now. But for me, I wanted the professionalism of the BBC and the street sound of Robbie Vincent on, was it Robbie Vincent? Greg Edwards. <laughs> Greg Edwards. <laughs> and Robbie I'll Vincent. take your word for it because I don't know any of these people. Yeah, yeah. Greg Edwards, he was on um, Radio Luxembourg and Robbie Vincent, I think he was on the mainstream here um, in the UK. And um, so they played a lot of soul and street music. So I wanted to have the element of the street music and the professionalism sound of the professional sound of the BBC. And so it sounded, as far as I'm concerned, as professional as your capitals and your BBCs, but it had my style of music. So that I was playing reggae mm. and soul. Mm. And you know where... Uh, the professionalism would come in from the fact that my links then. So if I put a tune on, I could talk about that tune. I could talk about the artist. I would present it then. So mm. I present each track as opposed to that's a wicked tune. Yeah, man, big up, big up, big up, big up, big up. you know what I mean? Mm. It was formatted and, you know, and so we've got a letter here from so-and-so. I'd run competition and the answers are. So everything would be, had their place within the show. Yeah, structure. Structure, structure. Mm. And, but I visualised that first in my head and then mm. committed it to paper mm. and then crystallised it. I just wanted to touch on something that you said, because this is outside of music, but relative to everybody in general. When you spoke about, you had a vision. And yeah. you crystallise, I love the way you phrase that, you had a vision, you crystallise it. Because one of the things that I always talk about with people, obviously, is in order for them to gain a level of success, awareness, and to focus on their goals, you have to have a vision. And as you know, if you can't see it, it's hard to actualise it. So you're talking about having this vision. So it's like, one of the things that, you know, the elite in the world and successful people in the world do is they all have the same thought process. And it's everybody else, the people that have no direction in life that don't have the same path they all have completely different opinions but the format for success is always one thing it's always one thing it's always about visualizing it's always about seeing it in your mind as they say in the film uh, field of dreams which you probably saw years ago with um kevin costner um and they basically had this field um farmland and it was a film about these um dead um baseball players and wow. they turned it into a baseball pitch. And the guy goes, why are we going to turn this land into a baseball pitch? His wife was like saying, no, we shouldn't do this. We're spending lots of money to build a baseball pitch. For what reason? No one's here. And then the, the, the ghost of the baseball player said, build it and they will come. Yeah. And they said that, build yes. it and they will come. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. that's the vision. You had to have the vision first. Yeah. And so as I say, if you can see it, then you can achieve it. So it's always the same format for success is you have to visualize. So I was wanting to kind of just, you know, just kind of underline what you said about, you know, visioning. And then 
um, crystallizing, as you said, which is another good word because we talk about that a lot in, in my work where we talk about how emotions are stored in the body at a cellular level and they crystallize. And if yeah. you can't move that energy, then you're always going to be repeating the same patterns because it's visceral, it's in you. So I just wanted to highlight those two things because it shows the same thing with success, regardless of industry, it has the same format. It's always the same template of success. Yeah, so- I agree. I agree. Hi, guys. Just wanted to come on and share with you an offer of 10% off the Phil Kathy Suan's range. Um, The products range from body scrubs to body butters to facial oil to face masks. Um, It's a wonderful array of products um, really fitted and suited for all skincare needs, you know, because our skin is our biggest organ and it protects us for most of our day or should we say our lives. And, you know, we can help protect and maintain this barrier by using wonderful products on our skin. And by using the code Alchemy10, this will then give you a 10% off um, any products that pique your interest. And, and I would say if you do have any questions about the products, by all means, do reach out to me. I'd be more than happy to answer any of your queries. Okay, thanks very much, guys. Bye. All right, so I want to kind of change gears, to completely come away from music and just now talk more about um, health and um, and also tie it into the black culture and just your points of using that. So I don't, I want to kind of start by talking about something I've mentioned too often, which I'll explain to the listeners as well. Um, and obviously for this will be good for your listeners that may not have been familiar with this. A lot of my listeners are familiar with this um, journey. So there's something called the hero's journey, yeah, which is made fa- famous by a man called Joseph Campbell. And for those listening who haven't heard this term before, you can literally Google Joseph Campbell and the hero's journey and you'll find lots of resources on this. So the hero's journey itself is typically a 12-step process that we go through in life. All movies use the template of the hero's journey. So example is at the start of a film, there's someone that we like. They go through some sort of challenge. Someone may die or they may get taken away or something. And then that person has called on to become a hero to defeat a particular villain at the end of the yeah. film. And it's always the same format in different ways. And, you know, back in the day with the martial art films, it's the same thing. The master gets killed. The student avenges the master. Yeah. Yeah. The same format. Um, just a different Chinese man. <laughs> it's the same yeah. format. Yeah. Um, and so it's all based on this hero's journey. So I'm going to walk you through the hero's journey and want to know where you feel you're at in the hero's journey of life. And so the hero's journey, again, it's this process that we all go through in life. So I'm just going to run through it quickly. So we all start with the ordinary world. And so the ordinary world is um, what you're born into. So you're born into just a normal world that whether you have one parent or two parents in a mansion or a house, this class is the ordinary world. And then step two is you normally get to a call to adventure. So this might be at seven years old. It might be something you watch on TV. It might be for you watching, like you showed your story earlier about um, going to music and seeing, you know, all these things happening and being inspired to want to get into music. So that's the call to adventure. Something happens early in your life where the way you're inspired to do something. And then Typically, a bit later on, when you get to an, a um, teenager, you may refuse that call. So it's called a refusal of the call. And normally that might be, you know, like, oh, I want to do it, but so the dedication, something stops you or someone stops you. It may be a parent or something that says, no, we want you to be a banker or a lawyer or something. 
So that's the refusal of the call. And then you're still steadfast in that belief. And so you eventually meet a mentor. So they call it meeting the mentor. Someone who inspires you um, and says, yes, you can do this. And here's how you can do it. And so you move on that path. And then at step five, you get to what's called crossing the first threshold. And this is where you're first faced with challenges on that path. And so we all go through that at some point. Once you get through this first threshold, whether it is you wanted a loan from a bank and you didn't get it or put you into debt or your parents found out that you were doing it and they said, nope, you're going back to college, something like that. So you cross the first threshold. Once you pass that, you get into the business that you're in. You're, you know, you're starting to flow through that path. So like for you, it might be you became that DJ. But then on the way, you have these roads or trials and they call it the, the tests allies and enemies so this is normally where people that you trusted backstab you or <clears throat> you create enemies along the way because of your <clears throat> because of your success that you're gaining or you start to get haters and all that typical stuff some people stop there um, and then if you don't what it forces you to do is to go inside yourself whether it's to go inside yourself to become stronger or to test your own metal, your own inner strength, that's called the innermost cave. When you go inside yourself and question yourself, or challenge yourself or, or seek answers. And um, that's in the, you know, the innermost cave. And then after that, if you can get through that, you get to what's called the ordeal. And the ordeal stage is what people call the baptism of fire. Mm. And so once you get through that stage eight, if you can pass that and grow from it, change the way you do things, learn from it, make new friends, raise your standards or whatever it is, when you get past that, to get past that, you've created specific actions and things we just mentioned, but then you get to the reward stage. You are rewarded for all the challenges that you've gone through and the changes you've made. And so you're now able to transfer that information to other people. Um, and then you start the road back, which is the stage 10. And so the road back is where, you know, this whole thing about you learn more and more to get to the point where you learn less and less because you start to let go of things that no longer serve you. So that's the road back. And then from the road back, you get to the resurrection where it's like you reborn and people that used to be around you may not recognize you because you've evolved so much. You're in this resurrection stage. And then the final stage is the return with the elixir which is now you've learned enough of life's lessons. You've mastered every challenge in life. You're now sharing that wisdom with, with the world. And so those are the 12 steps that we all go through. So they go through departure, initiation, and return. It's like these three sections. So the departure is kind of the first part where you meet the mentor and you go through the ordeals. And then the initiation is the threshold and the ordeals and the rewards. And then the return is when you just teach, teach, teach back to others. So let's say everybody goes through this. And it's a very interesting kind of perspective on the, on the life we go through. Brilliant. So um, obviously- Where just, am I? Yeah, obviously there's a lot of different steps in it. But just like initially, what did you feel you were at? And can you kind of relate to certain parts that you feel, you know, that was probably my ordeal. That was probably my refusal then. Can you see where you were in that kind of story? Well, I can tell you where I am right now. <clears throat> right now, I'm in a um, the bounce back 
simultaneously um, or the bounce back leading up to the teaching part. Right, okay. So that would be either innermost cave, ordeal, rewards. Yes. So I'm I'm literally putting together um, a program which is the, call it the bounce back reinvention. Mm. And running, and, and, then, and then I'm going to be producing something that is instructional. Right. Which is how I bounce back. Mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, and, and because, specifically because of my age as well. So it's going to be, um, um, all right, so people breaking up age 50 and over, it's so much harder to bounce back because right. usually at that age, you know, the kids have flown the nest. Um, maybe, you you know, you've been, depending on how long you've been in that relationship. Um, um, you know, certain things would mm. have been taken away from your existence then, if yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah. And you, and then on top of all of that, you've got to relearn how to be in society as a single person. Yeah, yeah. And even if you're already in a job that you've been in for years, when that partner leaves, you st you, you, your approach to that job and the way you are in that job is so different, you know? Your partner is your right-hand yeah. person. All the dynamics change, yeah, I get what you mean. All yeah. the dynamics change, thank you. So, um, and then there's some people who are so devastated that they feel like they want to die. Mm. And some people just don't know how to get themselves out of the mire. Mm. So I want to share with people step by step what you can do and also what you can do to recognise the talent that you've had maybe lying dormant within you. Mm. You know, and just breathe life back into yourself. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just to add to that, I mean, one of the things that one of the things that makes people die is what dies within them, and that's why people stop living. And so, to your point, you know, a lot of people they give up on life, and then um, because they give up on life, life gives up on them, and that's a yeah. synchronicity that has been created. And so, I remember when I was listening to this story by a guy called Norman Cousins, who talked about how he had terminal cancer, and obviously the doctors always pr pr pronounce doom, as they always do, and ninety-seven percent of the time, you know, there are some doctors that won't, but pretty much most of them do because doctors are normally educated by their lawyers, and um, you know, he said that when he had this pronouncement of doom. He first thing he did was he went to his badminton um, court and just played as hard as he could. Yeah, Whereas most people would do the opposite and cower into fear. And he yeah. said, "No, I'm going to challenge this." And then mm. anyway, you know, long story short, he basically beat cancer within three months, and he did it through laughter. He basically laughed and watched wow. all day, every day for three months, and he had no cancer. And wow. one of the things he said was, you know, to what we're talking about with regards to living is he said. Um, 
don't and I love I always love and remember this phrase that he said um he said don't deny the diagnosis defy the verdict yeah oh wow yeah so the diagnosis yeah. is is cancer the verdict is death it's no defy that defy the verdict and so they gave him six months to live he lived 30 years past that diagnosis amazing and he died an older man you know naturally as opposed to from yeah. cancer. you know he beat yeah. it and so he says um you know he said you know what dies with, he says what dies first is hope within people yeah and, you know to your point about when people get to a certain point in their life and they're always told your your life's over and if they believe that then their life is over because but, it's what yeah. you believe and so what you're saying is you know if you shift people's point of view and what's next then yeah there's nothing that they can't do especially if you're in your 50s because at that point you now have wisdom behind your experience. yes yeah and you know that's the difference like my my teacher you know he he said that um the older you get the faster you learn but people don't believe that they think the slower you learn he goes no because you've got decades behind your learning yes I, if you you know for yourself as, as a parent you know when you had your first child and you had to get into like the child's crying or it's got a temperature or whatever you didn't know you didn't have the experience but your second child's like yeah i know i've got that i've had the experience because you've had years of experience behind that choice and so yeah. that's the key thing is as you get um old you're actually getting wiser if you believe so as opposed to not being yes. you know from tunnel vision to you know like children ask questions about everything i always say that when you're a child you you question everything now yeah. you're an adult you question nothing nothing yes and that's yes, when you stop yes. learning but imagine yeah. you questioned everything for 60 70 80 years how much would you know <laughs> yeah versus a child when they ask questions for five years six years and then they stop asking questions so it's just, as you said, it's just the belief because you are supposed to know more. You are supposed to be wiser and, you know, using the models of the ancient, the, the Native American and, the, and the, the cultural tribes, they have elders that they seek wisdom from. But in our society, we seek the opposite. We don't listen to the old people because what do they know? But that's because mm -hmm. of the way the system is set up nowadays. But if you actually trusted the elders and if the elders were grounded in true beliefs and culture, they would have the wisdom to share and we would just yeah. say, and we'd call them our elders and we'd listen to them and trust in them like they do in, in primitive tribes. So, yeah, it's just really interesting, like, you know, just seeing where people are at and understanding that every challenge, you know, is is um, an opportunity for growth. And yes. one of the things you said, which is true as well, is um, every great teacher has gone through pain, even with music, like when you're talking about music, like, all these artists that you're, you know, you're, you know, this better than me. All these artists, they, their albums are better the more pain they've been through. Yes, <laughs> their lives yeah. effed up. The album's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so yeah. cool. All right, so I wanted to kind of just touch on um, the black community and um, some of the challenges, the typical challenges in the black communities with regards to health, because obviously, as you know, I'm a health coach and this is something that I'm into very much. So, you know, one of the things I want to just touch on, and again, just, you know, point your point of view on, on this, because, you, you know, you know a lot of women that are in their older ages and stuff, and so they may have had these challenges, but fibroids is a massive thing in, in the black community, in the, in the female community and stuff. And so I kind of just want to touch on this for a sec. So obviously there's a lot of women that are younger in their 20s and 30s as well, that will be having fibroids and they'll be 
having challenges or they may not be aware that they've got fibroids because they haven't been tested for it. And so one of the, um, just to say this for people that are listening, is that like, you know, one of the triggers or one of the signs for this is if you have heavy periods, um, mm. if you have low back pain, if you have urination, urination problems, if you have constipation, look further and see if this is something that is, rather than I've just got poor health, is it fibroids, you know, look into that. Um, and so we know this is a massive thing in, in the black community. One of the things I kind of want to just touch on this is, um, you know, there was a film, um, I'm a massive film buff, and there was a film that came out, I think five years ago with Scarlett Johansson, and it's called Lucy. And she's like an assassin in this film. Um, but there's a scene in the film where she gets some drugs put into her stomach and um, it releases a specific chemical that allows her to operate 100% of her mind, of her brain. And um, there's a scene where a doctor takes it out of her stomach and he says, did you know that, the, did you know that um, a woman's womb is, has the power of an atom bomb? And this is a miniature version of an atom bomb. And that's how they create life. It's an incredible explosive power that happens. Um, when they get pregnant, it's the power of an atom bomb. And she's like, wow. And he goes, that's why this drug has affected you because it's in your womb right now. And when it exploded, it magnified that power. And it's just a really interesting little point of the film where it showed this innate power that women have in their womb, other than you know, what people know in general, that there's obviously a lot of power that you create life. But yeah. energetically, that power, if it's not funneled in the right way, this is where women have um, problems that could create um, fibroids it's not just digestive but it's also emotional because we know that emotion is stored at a cellular level as we spoke about earlier um if someone is agitated or anxious and they you know i always use this as an example if you're agitated um, or anxious about something and you have a big meal you can't go you're constipated you're stuck yeah. because you're bracing you're constantly in this bracing state and so when people are constipated don't just keep thinking i'll say this broadly to everyone don't keep thinking that's just because of what i've ate it's also emotion what's going on emotionally. yeah so a lot of the emotions that women have from a anxiety as we know anxiety and depression are massive today and anxiety mm. is fear about what you think is going to be the future and mm. depression is anger or resentment about the past so you're stuck at the past or the future but never living in the present mm. and so for people that are like that especially between my women and fibroids now we've got to look at what's going on emotionally so just tying this back into you know the black communities and stuff what do you think is the biggest challenge for uh black women in relation to relationships that could possibly cause a trigger for them that they could be causing some form of digestive or hormonal or fibroid problem emotionally what do you think is a challenge for them I, I think I think what it is it's um it's what they it's they haven't subscribed to their femininity mm. because I, I really believe that if a woman is in her femininity, right, then she is able to communicate with the male partner, right? If she has to step out into her masculinity, that therein straight away is causing stress. Mm. Stress is the number one killer. Stress is the one that builds up and, and, and makes your womb hard and everything. All mm. of our anxieties go straight to our womb, mm. right? And I think that um, 
for most women, if you speak to them, most of them want to be in a relationship. The ones that don't is probably because they've been in one and mm. they can't be bothered anymore. They've been hurt or what have you. Mm. But I don't just lay the problem at the female's door. Men also have to take charge of their masculinity and it's their duty to make us, the female, um, stay within our femininity by mm. providing the emotional um, safety. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a natural, it's just, it's the way of the universe, it's the way of plugging into the natural source of energy in the world full stop. Mm. So everyone can plug into the natural energy um, of the world and then start, and the minute you do that, you start to, to you're out and you're thinking, God, everything I needed today is just there. Everything mm. I want to do is just there. Mm. Who I'm supposed to meet is just there. I was just thinking this and this pops up. That's mm. because you have actually taken charge of you mm. and you've <laughs> identified how to stay within your energy. And the minute you do that, it's a positive thing. You plug in and then positivity comes back to you. Mm. So it's it's asking yourself the question first, you know, how do I get into my feminine energy? How do I get into my masculine energy? Am I, you know, am I in my fem feminine energy within this relationship? Mm you'll find that if you're not, you become, because you're probably wondering, why am I always arguing? Why am I on tender hooks? Why am I, why am I, why am I? It's because you're not in the right place. You're not in the right place to be real. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, so what happens is um, you taught me that everything in the body, all the ailments in the body, is mucus, mm. right? So a part of my bounce back program is to, the first thing is first, is tap into the natural energy that you're formed in. If you're female, it's going to be feminine energy. Mm. If you're male, it's going to be masculine energy. You can't start anywhere else because... Mm that's not what you're made up of. Do you know mm. what I mean? It's going, you know, the, 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 your energy is the basis of, mm. it's your energy that's going to fuel you to do everything. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah, you've yeah. got to kind of clean your energy and and also this this whole, once you've asked the question, you've started it in your head. Mm. Mm. Right. Once you've started it in your head, so the process begins. Yeah. So you should be questioning and, well, how do I get there? Mm. And in trying to find out how to get there, you're going to come across all these things. So, so for me, it's identifying what your energy is and where you should be. Then it's about cleansing the body, which I'm going to be talking to you about that part of it, mm. right? Mm. And and that is going to be a literal cleansing of the body, mm. which is the alkaline in the body. You know, which is you know, if we have to go and do the, the the the, the what they call it the well, the bowel blaster, yeah, clearing the yeah the bowel blaster. So that's literally cleansing the body. The energy is cleansing the mind, 
and then we take it from there. Then we take up activities. Yeah. Then we 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 start tapping into what we think our ta- our um our our talents are. Let, yeah. Let's find out what you really like your to purpose. do. Yeah, your purpose and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Now, I suffered from fibroids. Mm. Um, I think I was around you at the time. And do you remember at the same time, my mum was suffering from arthritis and stuff right. like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember? And she, she couldn't, she, her hands were like Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right? You it's didn't even much. see her, right? But she could not, and she we couldn't move her around and that. Mm. And you gave me that alkaline mm. and for the alkaline diet and for, for six months straight, and plus they had pumped her with lots of medication. She mm. literally turned into a cabbage. Mm. And do you remember, I did, you sent me over the recipe and I gave her that recipe every single morning. Mm. And to encourage her, I sat and ate with her, mm. right? And, um, and and had that cleanser myself. Mm. And it was just like magic all she was like because every day i'd say let me see the movement of your hand and then all of a sudden she was doing this mm. and i didn't give her any more of the medication mm. they weren't allowed to come around and inject her she so she was <laughs> medication completely mm. completely mm. i remember i had to do a family meeting because i had to let everybody know that i'm gonna do this mm. and the doctors had said that this medication that she's been put on, she now has to take it for life. If she doesn't, mm. she's going to fade mm. and probably die, right? And and so I had to do the family meeting to say, look, I don't like it. She's practically dead now. So I want to take the chance and do this alkaline diet with her. Do you all agree? And everyone said yes, because she was living with me anyway. Mm. So even if they said no, I was still going to do it. <laughs> So I did it. Then she was walking independently. She was able to go back to the um to the day center and enjoy a full life. And that was when I knew you. So we're talking about the 90s. Mm. She died age 93 on her birthday, natural causes. And when when you spoke to her, like for example, when we was going to Jamaica. And, you know, her pride was, I'm 93 and I'm not on any medication whatsoever. Mm. And everybody mm. would be surprised that she's not on any medication whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, that's amazing. So, um, so, so I say all of that to say that, you know, in recovery and getting to where you need to go, you have to start with the mind and the body. Mm. Yeah. You have to. Mm. And I want to make it fun for people. So I do still subscribe to 70% of good mm. food and 30% of mm. what you like to indulge mm. in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. hold discipline. Mm. Um, and to incorporate, um, what's it called? The... the um, intermittent right. way of eating as well yeah, because yeah, and, you know and just offer people a selection of things so that they can actually find what's good for them mm. you know so and and make it that 
you know, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. That's what I always said to you. Yeah. Yeah. And so once, you know, once I've taken people through all of those stages, then during or at the end, you should be ready to embark on something. You should, you should, mm. where I want to take them to, take people to, is I want them to replenish their zest for life. Mm. Yeah, engage in life, you know, is what you want people to be able to do. And, you know, to your point, um, actually, sorry, you want, I want to finish what you were saying because it's something I want to come back to. Yes, and, and that's it. The, 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 the prize is your energy and zest for life. You know, for me to wake up in the morning and be excited mm. about my day mm. is mm. my prize. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it keeps you, it keeps you walking down the road going, good morning. Well, I don't say good morning because that's like morning and we don't mourn. Exactly. So like, well, you know, yes, hi, yeah. greetings, bless you. Yeah, yeah. Hey guys, it's Josh here, the owner of Ape Nutrition. I'm here today to share with you the importance of including organ meat in your diet. Organ meat is the most nutrient-dense food in the world. Eating just 100 grams of beef liver meets your recommended daily allowance of vitamins B2, B5, B7, which is commonly known as biotin, and B12, as well as the mineral copper. I'm just going to spotlight one of these nutrients for now, and that's B12, which is really important for methylation and energy production, and is why lots of people report feeling more energy, clarity, and well-being when they start to include organ meat in their diet. 100 grams of beef liver also gets you over half the way towards the RDA for vitamins A, B3, B6, B9, as well as the minerals phosphorus, selenium, and iron. At Ape, we appreciate that not everyone loves the taste of organ meat or can't always find a truly grass-fed and finished sauce. To help you easily include organs in your diet, we created our nose-to-tail line. We freeze-dry and powder organ meat from regenerative, grass-fed cattle and encapsulate it so it's really easy to consume with no flavour whilst preserving the nutrients. Our range contains a wide variety of organs such as liver, heart, kidney, pancreas and testicle and we've also started to branch out into some other nutrient-packed animal foods like oysters and colostrum. If you'd like to find out more our website is apenutrition.co.uk or if you'd like to speak to me directly send me a message through Instagram at ape underscore nutrition. We've also got a discount code set up for you as Warren's audience. It's Alchemy10. Thank you and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, so I wanted to say, I love that, you know, love what you're saying, especially when you're talking about the energy and the feminine and the masculine, because that's something that, you know, I teach a lot with people is to embrace in those things. So there's a lot of good stuff that you said there. I want to kind of come back to one thing you spoke about with the women and the men and their different roles and the responsibilities. And um, one of the things that, now, this is where some people, a lot of women, will get it back up because they're going to feel like they're being criticised here. But it's just an observation that I've gotten from a lot of black guys. Over the years, when they talk about one of the challenges, and there's a reason why, you know, obviously for, for me with women, how they like this. But what I found over the years is that a lot more black women have become a lot more resentful and a lot more aggressive. And so a lot of men will say... Um, you know, they've noticed that black women are far more aggressive nowadays. And that's not a natural thing for us as people. Black people are very loving and very like, you know, Calypso and all the kind of happy news that we have. It's natural within us. And I find it's not just women, it's men. I, from my point of view, I think that women have become hardened, black women from my head, have become hardened and kind of more aggressive to deal with the more aggressive and angry black mm. men. 
And so they're both kind of clashing and it's creating a toxic environment. And so it will affect women more because women have more hormones than what we're talking about with relation to fibroids. And so if a, if a black woman isn't in her femininity and becomes more masculinized and more aggressive, then yes, that can have an impact on their, on their gestation. It can have an impact on their, um, their ability to conceive and to not have yeah. fibroids and endometriosis and all these things that affect women in a cellular level in their wombs. And so, as you said, it's like now, finally, you know, we're back in the, the this time and era of the planet where we're in the, what they call the divine feminine, which is a massive kind of growth point on the planet. And so we call it mother nature, as we all know. And so I heard the saying probably about a year ago that an Ecuadorian saying, and it spoke about over the last two or 3,000 years, the Ecuadorians have said that we have been flying, as in the whole planet has been flying, has been kind of encapsulated by this idea of a bird flying with one wing. Yeah. And, and so now, and because of that, when a bird flies in one wing, it flies around in circles. So we've been repeating the same patterns that haven't worked. And so that, that wing was the masculine wing. And you right. see it in society where it's about do more, push more, work harder, break things down, build things up, destroy, kill, war, anger, mm. the man's world, everything from the male point of view. And so the Ecuadorian said that from 2012 onwards, <clears throat> we kind of now rec- reclaimed the feminine wing. And so now the bird can fly straight. And that yeah. is growth and acceleration. And so Beautiful. now, yeah, so now we're in the time of the divine feminine, that second wing coming back as the feminine wing. And we're starting to notice that a lot more now, like with people like, you know, example, the Williams sisters coming in yeah. and shaking up the whole of tennis, male and female tennis, shaking it up. Two black women that did that. And you see that with um, actresses like Halle Berry or Viola Davis or... <laughs> Eartha Kit or whoever, all these women that are just coming up and establishing themselves as powerhouses. You see people like Oprah Winfrey, the first mm. female um, billionaire, self-made billionaire. Um, and so we're seeing that a lot. Um, even as we were just talking about off air, the woman king that's coming, that's out today in, in, in the UK, which is showing about a, an African tribe of women that, you know, was so powerful. And even the film Black Panther, which had, the warrior tribe of the Black Panthers in the movie were feminine, you know, the Dora Milaje. So we're seeing a lot, and it's not just Black women power, but we're seeing a lot of woman power or female power. There's so many more females that are multi-millionaires and billionaires now than there were many years ago. So we're seeing this divine feminine coming in. And we're realizing that society as it is right now, the way that we work and the way we do things is unsustainable. You see more and more men, 400% increase in men committed suicide because men Mm. do not talk. They do not feminize. They do not surrender. They do not ask questions. Mm. And that is no longer working. We're seeing corporations breaking down. And what we're seeing is um, connection, especially Mm. with all the stuff with COVID, people wanting to connect more. That's a feminine attribute, feeling and empathy. So all of these things are mushrooming into this massive effect of feminine power. And so um, it's a beautiful thing to happen. So that's what would you think about all of that growth that we're seeing in, in the kind of the feminine world of power? No, definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. And, you know, what's really uh, what coins it for me? It's not just the feminine that's, um, you know, that's returned, but it's the masculine is now understanding mm. the feminine mm. because um, 
and, and this is why I love social media. And the reason why I say that and can literally see that is because historically, um, black women especially, they would seek self-help. They would, mm. you know, they would read mm. to be better, mm. right? They would read to understand. <clears throat> they may even go to a shrink to understand themselves. And they would become introspective, right? This is a natural thing for, well, being a black woman, for a black woman, and I know that I've been through that myself. For the man, our male counterpart, that wasn't something that they would do. Mm. They wouldn't even speak to their friends. Mm, yeah. And if they do, their you know, their friends would be like, ah, play yeah. more fish in the sea. You know, the quickest way to get over one is to get under another one, mm, that, mm. that kind of thing, you know. Mm. And men wouldn't talk about their feelings. Mm. But what you're seeing more and more of online, you've, you've got loads of women talking about reclaiming their power, loads of women talking about femininity, loads of women just giving in structural, you know, um, instruction heavy um, videos that really make sense really makes sense so it's out there in the open and then you've got loads of um guys who are actually doing the same thing so they will talk about themselves they will talk about relationship they would give instructions to women about you know what does a man mean when he says this that and the other so there's this coming together so the viewer depending on where they are in their life and what they want to know mm. they have got a cross-section of intelligent people from pastors to heathens to, to whoever talking about the same subject matter that they've, they've searched to hear about. Yeah. And if you're really interested in it, you're going to listen to the whole gambit of um, results that has come up then. Do you know what I mean? So now you've got like lots of information to help you make a decision in where you want to go. So it's almost like being online is like a classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have the time and patience and you know what it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember when I was even going through, I digress a little bit, but I was going through a court case where I couldn't afford um, a solicitor. I remember that, yeah, yeah. Right? And to find, so if I'm reading the contract or whatever, and they've written it in legalese, I would take out the whole paragraph sometimes and put it in Google. Mm. So I say all of that just to illustrate how powerful that search engine is. So I would take the whole paragraph, you know, not just two words, cut and paste the whole paragraph, put it in Google, and lo and behold, a whole set of things would come up, including directing me to exactly where it is in the law. Mm, mm. Yeah. And yeah. then I would, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, And it yeah. would be in layman's terms and I could take that out and put that into in to my response to the point where when I'd been to, to court, the solicitor, the partner, actually had a phone conversation with me and said, you know, it's not too late for you to become a solicitor. You're actually really good at this. Because mm -hmm. I gave them a battle. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I say all of that to say that everybody, so long as their electricity is on and they're connected to the internet and they've got a search engine and in actual fact, there's another search engine where it doesn't infringe on your privacy don't, then, don't go. 
It's called Brave. Yeah, Brave is the best one as well. Yeah, actually. Yeah. What's the other one? Yeah, Duck, Duck, Go, but it has changed recently. So Brave is the best one now. Yeah, yeah Brave. So if you really, really are on a journey of knowing thyself and want to actually experience and enjoy who you are mm. as a female or as a male, get on there yeah, and just yeah. listen to different speakers. Mm. Listen to different speakers. And, and what what is going to happen, you have no choice it will happen automatically. You will start to, you know, connect to source. Now, if you are in a stage where you are bitter, yeah. absolutely bitter, because that's where some people are and that's where they've been. I mean, you, everybody will know this friend that looks absolutely six times their age and completely beaten up. Mm. And the last time you spoke to them 30 years ago, they were talking about, the way they were dismissed from that job or the way that they broke up. And then you meet them 30 years later and they've changed, but they look disheveled, completely mashed up. And the conversation is still about. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. The same thing. So it's not that they've been in a car accident or anything like that. It's they've literally stunted their growth, stunted the their repair mm. from that trauma. Yeah. By yeah. keeping it alive. Yeah, exactly. So if you are in that place, again, ask Google or, or YouTube, how do I get over mm. this? How mm. do I get it out of my system? How do I, and it will literally, somebody's going to give you a step-by-step -step way of how to forgive, yeah. how to forgive yourself, how to forgive the situation and what you're supposed to learn from it how you're going to turn it into positive energy. Mm. So if you're in a learning frame of mind, you have your energy has no other place to go than to increase. Mm. If you stay in that energy of wanting to blame everybody else, wanting to blame, even though you are wearing the right, but you want to hang on to that, then yeah. that is your choice. Try yeah. know that you are choosing that for That's yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. you are choosing that for yourself mm -hmm. so the minute you've made a decision so the engine starts so mm -hmm. when you choose to stay in the um right so when you choose to stay in that that that, that, that mire, yeah then the engine the the the, the, uh, the energy the universe will just send you more mire yeah and <laughs> multiplies it multiplies it multiply it it'll send yeah. you more of it yeah. But if you then make a decision, I want to heal, I want to get over this, I want to sh shake it, what do I have to do to do that? Mm. Search engine. Start tapping into people that can give you mm. that, that information. And also, it's like with these videos, you can scroll down. You get hours of entertainment by mm. just looking at people's comments. Yeah, yeah, and people will be sharing their story with you. Mm. So suddenly, you're not alone. Even mm. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, um, what was the question? I'm sorry, I've got a you know. Um, no, no, no. It was, yeah. It so, was... the, yeah. So, so basically, Amazing. I think that the bird is able to fly because there is a newborn understanding of men and women. 
mm. and what our dynamics are and how we're relating because there's even uh, information on how do I speak to a woman's heart? How do I speak to a man's heart? And it's little tiny things where a woman is tripping herself up all the time. She wants that man to, um, I don't know, mow the lawn because she's got people coming round. Mm. And some women will be like, oh, you're so lazy. That grass is always growing, you know, up to an unmanageable length, mm. you know, and, and, and straight away, you know, his back is up. Mm. Childish, I know, but his back is up. How about mm. saying, you know, I've, you know, I've got a group of friends coming round on the weekend, and it would make me so, so happy, darling, if you were to tend to the grass. You know, you do it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that, just to, to add something to that to that point, this is where wisdom comes. Like all the things that you're talking about is can only be gained through wisdom, time. And so it's good to hear you say all that sort of stuff. It shows you know you have wisdom with years of experience and stuff, and you're expressing that. So. Respect. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you. And I love that that ten minutes of burst of energy you just went through there, but to the point of like, what, what, what were you even saying? I can't remember because you were in flow. That's what happens when you're in flow. Yeah. Um, so to your last point, um, I was just going to say that's what we call non-violent communication, um, and that's one of the things that you know we're talking about because we're going to use these last ten minutes to kind of just talk about what people can do, which is kind of what you, we're leading into now in in regards to change and the stuff and. So the first thing is to highlight what you said, the last thing, which is non-violent communication. And so what that bit often talks about is, you know, this whole thing that people know is not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. So this, most people have what's called um, a doable request or a demand. And so that mm. basically means that even if it's coming from a loving place, you're, you're demanding that someone does it. So to your point, when you said, um, cut the grass, that's telling someone what to do and people will become defensive because it's violent communication. But yeah. as you said beautifully, if you said we've got someone coming around the weekend, it would be really great if we could get that grass cut. Now that's yeah. inclusive and now you're asking out of a request for love as opposed yeah. to the demand. So yeah. even if somebody, a partner, says, um, I want you to be home more often because I hardly yeah. see you, that's still a demand. It might be out of love, but it's a demand. And so people yeah. will get their back up. But if you said what you just said just now is it'd be great if we spent more time together but that's inclusive and so that's yeah. one thing that as a good tip for people in general in terms of the relationships how to communicate uh two other things that you mentioned um with regards to like again google obviously as you said google's very very censored and it's very controlled and um it's not very secure so as you said brave but the whole point of what you were saying is you have access to infinite information and yeah something that again one of my teachers said years ago is our ancestors didn't have access to unlimited information in seconds mm. we do so by rights no one should be poor because like you said you can just go and research and as they say with that saying what you focus on expands if you focus on health vitality happiness whatever it always expands but the universal law of um exchange and the universal law of expectation all these universal laws of effect they will always magnify whatever position you're in or the state that you're in one other thing i kind of want to touch on with what you said was um the Grand Canyon effect. This is the term called the Grand Canyon effect. effect. Mm. And what it means is if you stand on the Grand Canyon, whatever you say comes back to you as an echo. And so yeah. it says, I want to be rich. What comes back to you is wanting, never becoming. Um, yeah. I, I wish I was happy. You'll wish that you were happy. <laughs> You're happy. always going to be wishing. Yeah. yeah. So you've got to state it as it actually is. I am grateful 
And then what yes. comes back to you is I am grateful because it's yes. in the vibration, it's a mirror. So for people that want to become happy, as you said beautifully, it's a choice. Yeah. As, as um, um, Will Smith once said, all you have to do is decide. <laughs> That's all you have yeah. to do is decide. Yeah. And most people, their whole life are stuck at that point before a decision and therefore their life reflects that back to them. And then one last thing you mentioned um, about people holding onto something from 30 years ago, which again is highlighted and is beautifully put the way you said it. I want to kind of just say something with that as well is, there's a guy called Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's very well known in the health and wellness and spiritual industry. And one of the things he said was, um, when something happens to you, uh, the first time it happens to you, it might be an emotion, but give it two or three months, it becomes a temperament, give it a few years, it's a personality. And then yes. you act that way forever. Yes. Always going back to one point from 15, 20, 30 years ago that you haven't let go. And he says, um, your past becomes your present and your present becomes a forward and a predictable future. Yeah. And it's always in the future. You're always yeah. projecting it from the moment from the past. And um, so, like you said, make a choice, choose to um, focus on something positive, and your life will change. It's so simple. The hard part is making that choice. Yes. Um, and so, I kind of want to just, just touch, finish off with um, you know, you, you, you mentioned the, the thing about half an hour ago about nutrition and maybe some advice, because obviously, this this podcast we're going to share it with your listeners and stuff as well yeah so let's just um finish off by just talking about some of the things i've always mentioned to you that i know you're implementing to some degree and just to give them some tips and stuff so as i always say you know this the best solution for pollution is dilution start by mm -hmm. drinking water so a calculation mm -hmm. that people can do is half your body weight um in kilograms and that's pretty much times by 0 0.033 and i'll give you what your amount of water you need it every single day. So I'll say it again for people listening, half your body weight in kilograms. Let's say you weighed 150 kilograms and now you do it in, in um, half that, it's 75 kilograms. 75 kilograms, and you put it in the calculator times 0 0.033 will tell you a reading that's normally about 1.8, 2.5, but that's how many liters you should drink in every single day. So the first thing for people to get healthy is improve the amount of water they drink. Water itself, um, it's it absorbs incredible it has an infinite capacity for energy an infinite capacity mm -hmm. for energy and as you mentioned we are energetic beings and we're mainly water so if you change if you keep your body hydrated and you think positive thoughts that already changes the biochemistry of your body we have a hundred trillion biochemical reactions per second that are totally dependent on water so yeah. you know that is such a massive thing and people overestimate it because there's so much water on the planet uh, but that's key. And then the next thing, as you know, I know, hopefully you remember this one is chew your food until liquid. Yes, that's right. I do. <laughs> I know yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, just chew your food into Tibetan saying, which is um, drink your food, which means mm. chew it until it's liquid and chew <laughs> yeah. your water. You chew know? your water. Yeah. yeah. And that just yeah. means put it in your mouth and swell it around a little bit before you swallow it because you have enzymes that you carry into your body that helps to break food down. So it eliminates or helps to prevent digestive problems. The next thing is sitting down when you eat food, you know, just sit down and have your stomach relax and just eat in relaxed states. A lot of people are eating on the go and that causes digestive problems. So we can eliminate that. As I say, prevention is better than cure. Mm -hmm. So that's a simple thing people can do. If you have a lack of, or if you have digestive problems, don't watch the news and listen and eat food. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. going to be anxious. 
you know, and one, and I remember I heard this business guru talking years ago. It wasn't even a spiritualist, just a business guru. He said, don't watch the news. Stop yeah. watching the news. He goes, and he, he gave this example. He said that they never celebrate when planes land. They celebrate when they're brought down, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and he said, he said, they never say, and on the news today, 10 planes landed successfully. He said, they never mention that. They'll no, talk about the no. one that crashed. Yeah. They never yeah. present the good news. Yeah. And so that should be the good news, not the news. It should be the good news, but they don't present that. So, so stop watching the news. You've got to find out what's happening on the planet. You don't need to watch the news 24-7. No, you don't. Well, well look, if I can Twitter interject there as well, mm-hmm. if I can interject, um, mm. many years ago, I decided that I'm just not going to switch on the radio when I first wake up because mm. at the top of the hour is the news and it's mm. bad news. So... Why would you, and most people wake up at the yeah. top of the hour. Yeah. No matter when they wake up, they say, mm. they decide to get up at seven o'clock, eight o'clock, 10 o'clock, mm. but it's yeah. always at the top of the hour. Mm. And then the first thing you do is you put on a TV or you put on the radio, which the news is at the top of the hour. Yeah. So you've just woken up in your brand new, beautiful day, rejuvenated mm. energy to hear all this bad news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's exactly. That's the way to start your yeah. day. Yeah, I love that. And um, again, showing your wisdom. Um, there's another guy um, spoke about how Jimmy Quick spoke about um, you give away your your um, sovereignty at the start of the day when you do stuff like that. I love that because sovereignty, you know, it's power. Yeah. And so he said, when you t- when you do stuff like that, or you turn on your phone and you check your notifications, you're giving away your sovereignty. Yeah. And so there's a new term that was coined about five years ago called Facebook depression. <laughs> yeah. And it's a proper... Did you say oppression or depression? Depression. Depression. Yeah. yeah. Facebook depression. So it talks about how when people wake up in the morning, they look at their notifications to see how many likes they've got to determine yeah, yeah. their values. Yeah. That determines their values. So as you said, they start that fresh day with the same perspective, which is no one loves me. So how can they go through yes. life empowered? how can they yeah and so you know i always say and you know this will be the last one before we wrap is um just talk about the power of owning your day and part of that ownership is your ritual your morning ritual that you start and everybody has a morning routine but not everybody has a morning ritual and the word ritual means sacred something personable powerful and so when you wake up and you brush your teeth and you have your bath or your shower or whatever that's just that's a habitual that's habits unconscious but start yeah. creating rituals that are empowering. So whether it's writing a journal for five minutes a day mm. or start a day in silence, like you said, just turn, just open your eyes and just be in silence and appreciate the day for five minutes yeah. or yeah. take 10 breaths or listen to empowering music, hopefully pre-recorded stuff that you don't have to listen to the radio to listen to. Yeah. Um, or um, go out for a walk. If you have yeah. pets, you know, walk the dog. Um or put your feet on grass and connect to mother nature, which is what we call grounding, grounding yeah. yourself at the start of the day, or even cold showers, because cold showers stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which wow. is the rest repair system of the body. Um, any of these sort of things that we can do to start your day, start with affirmations. The most powerful affirmations, I am, whatever is, you know, precedes that. But if you do that, I'm powerful, bold, strong, wise, cultured, aware, empowered, beautiful, strong, whatever it is, start with I am and create three or four mantras around that. And that shifts you into specific states that you want to create for your life. All these sort of things that we can do 
to create ownership because that's the most important thing is ownership. If you don't have ownership, then you are powerless. And most people are powerless because they give their power away to what they watch or what they connect to, what they plug into on a day-to-day basis. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it does, it feels so simple. Um, and the way you put it, you know, you're, you're my guru. I tell everybody, you're my guru. And um, your teachings, even with what you've just said, mm. empowered me. Mm. And you could feel the energy you feel, you know, because at the moment, I mean, mm. I've taken to walking in the morning. Mm. But now what you've done, you've compounded, if that if that's a word, compounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, how, what I should include in my morning ritual stroke routine. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have, you know, at the moment I'm up, brush my teeth, from a tracksuit on, and then do a walk for like 20 minutes or so. I'm not, I haven't pushed myself as yet so that, it's um i'm burning fat which is where mm. i want to get to mm. but i just want to get into the habit the ritual the routine to get out there mm. every morning mm. rain sleep or snow to the point where if i don't go i, I feel, feel like weird I'm yeah. into my day yeah 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 you know yeah so yeah this yeah. this you know i think meeting up with you at this particular time and I've got to tell everybody that a couple of weeks ago I felt like I was going to die I had a headache Um, I was going through a lot at the time my my mother passed earlier on this year Mm. it was just a whole lot that came at me all at once financial this that and the other and oh and, and then I think I must have had a cold coming on where I'd come in contact with somebody with a cold and all of it. So one morning I woke up, I had this headache. And I thought, oh, it's a headache. It'll go soon. So when I get headaches, I tend to drink more water. Mm. And if it persists, then I'll take two, take an ibuprofen or mm. paracetamol or something. Mm. Um, if it's a cold, then I'll do the usual ginger, mm. um, all of the usual stuff. Mm. But nothing was working. And for three days and Three nights I couldn't stand up, sit down. My eyes felt like it was dropping out of my head. This this headache was right across my head. And my head was pounding. It was like a shot. Splitting, was, yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think in the middle of the night, I attempted to send you a text, God knows how many times, mm. because I couldn't focus on mm. the phone to write the message. Okay, yeah. And then in the end, I just kind of, I think it was the part where I thought, right, you're going to die, so you better tidy up your bedroom. So mm. with my headache, <laughs> I held my head, I just walked around, it's a bit of my ego, because I thought, if you die, you don't want people to come and see that you haven't had <laughs> <up> your clothes. <laughs> so I got up, changed my sheets, put up, put up my clothes, and if I die tonight, I'm doing practically a suelen. Do you ever used to watch Dallas where... She used to wake up like this, perfect yeah, makeup, yeah. right? So I thought, at least if they come find me dead, I'm going to look great. Mm. My house smells nice and all that. Mm. So I think it was when I did that. And, and, and again, that goes to confirm that energy is so important because even though my head was still hurting me, but when I got up to do all of that, 
I did feel better within myself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was at that point I was able to send the text to you, help, this is mm -hmm. what's happening to me, what must I do? And then you sent over a list of things that I should take, but I didn't have any of them in my cupboard apart from the, I had um, Himalayan salt mm. and water. So mm. I boiled the kettle and I put a, a little pinch of the Himalayan salt in it and I just took my time and sipped it. And I, you maybe it's because I was lack of minerals, lack of something, mm. but it felt like, you know, when a tablet is working, I felt the headache mm. soothing mm. away and I was able to sleep. And when I woke up the morning, my head was just tender to mm. touch. And in fact, I was supposed to go and get my hair done that day. Mm. And I couldn't because I just couldn't bear the thought of anybody tugging mm. on my head. Mm. So I just mm. threw a wig on. Mm. So, I mean, you yourself will know why that Himalayan water and warm, sorry, the Himalayan salt and warm water worked. Mm. And right, it was rain. I was able to do my mm. um, show at the end of the, the week and, and I've been happy ever since. Mm. So why did that work? What was it? Yeah, I mean, like you said, some of it, and this is you know, really interesting when it comes to um, healing is initially um, belief. That's the most important thing. Like if you believe that the advice from someone that you trust will work, that's part of it. That's the um, placebo effect of, of our own beliefs. <laughs> and then the second part of it, because, you know, like what we said earlier, we were talking about the physical body. The physical body is just a meat sack. It's just physical. So you can do all the digestive stuff in the world, but the belief in the mind has to be part of it, has to be empowered to make that reality. And just before I answer the question, I'll give you an example. There are people that can go to a football game, and especially in England when it's, you know, crap weather and they are shirtless, but they love the game and it's freezing cold and they don't get cold. But the same person can run to the shop to get a paper and get a cold. Yeah. It's their belief and their euphoric state and all that sort of stuff that shields them psychically. So part of it is definitely your trust in me and the belief that it will work. And then part of it is what you're doing is rearranging the biochemistry of your body. So, you know, a lot of people drink cold water and cold water is, is um, shocking to the body. It shocks the system and it breaks down the holes. But as soon as you're warming up the energy of the water by itself, allows itself to be transported to the brain because the brain is 99% water. And a lot of people don't know, but the brain's 99% water. And then, as you said, um, the Himalayan sea salt has 82 different minerals. And most of those minerals actually help de um, um, reduce inflammation in the body. And pretty much every illness in the body is an inflammation in some sense. So once you're going to take in that, that Himalayan salt and you're actually starting to um, create histamines in the body, which break down inflammation, that helps to soothe the body and bring it into what's called homeostasis or balance or equilibrium. And that's kind of, you know, part of the whole thing. And, and then that's also you transport, yeah, you transport in sea salt, um, you use sea salt to breathe, to breathe as well. It helps to um, dilate the blood, the alveoli in the lungs, which helps with any form of restriction of airways. And so you get more oxygen into the brain, you get more oxygen to the body, and then obviously it's a histamine, so it breaks down inflammation. So, and then it carries itself around the whole body. So it's a massive tool. There's a book that was written years ago called um, Your Body's Many Cries for Water. I probably told you about this many, many years yes, ago. Yes, yes, yes. And it's yes. about this doctor who was in, 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 in the Iraq-Iran war and he got captured. He was in jail for three years with his own soldiers and they all kept him getting ill and he only treated them with salt and water for three and a half years. And then he realised he could use salt and water to cure almost anything. 
he tried to publish it and the doctor shut him down because there's no money in that. See, honestly, I just, you know, and I did. So I, I you see, I wrote, um, <laughs> a, 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 what's it called? A post on Facebook and I put it on all of my medias and sent them out to say how mm. I felt. Mm. And I named you in it where, mm. so people want to meet you and mm. you know what I mean? Because honestly I, I never want to experience that ever again it's such yeah. a lonely place such a lonely yeah. place and yeah. and and to be honest with you that's what's also given me the impetus to do this um next promotion and um and 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 it's a singles promotion mm. right and so i've got like a secret location and just to kind of fall into a date that's people are uh the a date of note then mm. the promotion is going to be on the 20th of february 2023 mm -hmm. so, no not the 20th sorry strike that the 10th of february mm -hmm. which is a friday 2023 a secret location and it's geared at single people mm -hmm. right it's geared at oh. single people and the hook line is you know find your date for valentine's day right. which is a couple of days later yeah, yeah, yeah. you you know what i mean mm. but there's it's not just that um i won't divulge it just just yet but there's another hook to so it won't just be so i suppose the 10th of um february is where i'm going to launch the program mm. for singles mm. and then i will then let people know what else it entails and what else they can expect from it and stuff like that. Mm. Because now I'm like being alone in this house, feeling like I was going to die and no one next to me to hand me mm. or make me that glass of mm. warm water and salt. I just don't believe anybody should be on their own. Yeah. No one should be on their own. Mm. Right. So I just thought, well, do you know what? If that's how you feel, Elaine, you want to find someone, why don't you help a whole lot of other people find someone as well yeah, yeah. and set up a singles um, occasion, cool. you know, mm. and singles activities and things like that, mm. which will incorporate my bounce back program, which is where I want you to come and speak as well and write the article. So I'm so clear, the vision. Mm. So we have to have vision. It's that's, there. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. So that, and then, yeah, so I'll say for people, stay tuned. And whenever um, Elaine kind of launches that sort of stuff, I'll obviously let my followers know about that as well. So finally, before we go, where can people reach you if they want to follow your work and listen to your music and all that sort of stuff? What well, the best media? place to go is to go to my hub, which is elainesmith.com. And that's spelled E-L-A-Y-N-E smith.com elainesmith.com and you'll find everything that I'm doing it will give you notes but make sure you you know sign up to the the subscribe to the the, the database so that you get the newsletters and you're not left out in the cold because we're going to be doing some secret locations and you've got to be there and the other thing that I'm going to do as well is I'm going to um, designate it to a certain amount of attendees so yeah, so I'm going to cap it. I'm going to cap it. So um, I think this one's going to be 75 females and 75 males. So we're we're equal. 
Yeah. So so when it comes to doing the activities, no one should be left out in the cold. Yeah. yeah. You don't want 75 of one and 72 of the other. <laughs> that's what yeah, yeah right. That's right. So, you know, like that. You'll be fighting cool, over it. You know? <laughs> Um, all right Elaine we're going to leave it there um, and what I'll do for people that are listening uh, they're going to listen to it on my website and stuff I'll get all the links that you need and I'll post it in the show notes wonderful, wonderful. cool guys okay Thank so yeah, it's been a pleasure and we'll touch base and probably we'll follow up at some point as well so for everybody else stay healthy happy whole and whole being health wonderful love you